Is it time for you to live healthier? If you are looking to eat better, exercise more effectively, and incorporate fitness and health into your daily activities and hobbies, this is the show for you. Welcome to Right Choices with Dietrich Wright. Dietrich has two decades of sports and fitness coaching experience, and he's here to tell you how it can be easy with less injury, time, money, and travel necessary. Now, here is your host, Dietrich Wright. Greetings, you are listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Um, I want to thank you for joining and listening to me today. And, you know, this time of year is pretty fun. It's pretty special. We got our kids are back in school. That means they're getting back into the normal activities. You know, a lot of them are involved in interscholastic sports or maybe they're doing recreational sports. You know, last night, it was Friday Night Lights for me, um, my high school Varsity football team had their first game. I wish I had a good report to give back to you that we won. But, you know, in so many ways, there's a lot of lessons to be learned, even when you may not come out on the successful end during a game. And today's topic is going to be tying into the fact that in my three realms of what it is I do, as far as first and foremost, I'm a parent. Secondly, I'm a trainer and kinesiologist. But in addition to that, like I just stated to you, I also coach, and I've been coaching for nearly two decades now. And one of the benefits of I've witnessed and seen is the fact that when I started getting involved with coaching sports, is because I was that parent, no different than maybe many of you, that was out spectating, listening, or watching our kids play. I was approached and got involved, and so sure, I was asked, I'll, sure, I can help you, I'll start coaching. Then I started getting the bug for coaching, and started really loving that element of, wow, this is pretty cool, I get to share my knowledge, what I have, and, you know, as far as being a kinesiologist, and also being a trainer, but also tap into that very enjoyment I had when I partaked in sports as a younger individual. Today's topic is we're going to talk about is the point of when parents or adults cross the line in youth sports. Youth sports in our nation has seen a 4% decrease in participation of girls and boys aged 6 to 17 years of age. And this is in four of our most popular team sports during the periods of 2008 to 2012. Number one being baseball. Two, basketball. Three, football. And four, soccer. To break it down for you so you can actually see how much of a significance in each one of these sports, Little League Baseball and Softball fell 6.8%. Youth Basketball fell 6.3%. Now, in the older ages, in high school basketball, the participation environment dropped 1.8%. Youth football participation fell 4.9%, but high school football was down 2.3%. And the last of the major four sports, soccer has gone down 8.4% in participation of our youth. Now, during the same time period, according to the U.S. Census, the age of 6 to 17 years old, the population has only fallen 0.6%. So when you think about it, it's not like there's a huge swing. Uh, We have a drop in that population age grouping when only 0.6% have changed in that population. Yet we have 4% decrease of our kids from the age of 6 to 17 playing or being involved in sports activities. Now, there are organizations that compile the stats regarding to youth sports and levels of participation involved in each one. The one in particular that I'm going to emphasize a lot or discuss and you'll hear me uh, speak of is the Sports and Fitness Industry Association, also known as SFIA. Now, SFIA has found that kids are playing fewer types of sports each year by 5.9% in the same age group, with a drop of point excuse me, of 9.09 total participation from 52.1 million 
to 45.7 million kids overall in sports. So the question is, we want to ask is, what is causing such a shift amongst our youth participating in sports? You look at one of the factors as being the emphasis of specialization in sports. If you recall back during the episode where we talked about this during understanding the roles and responsibilities of parents and adults, there is risk involved when we talk about having our kids specialize in sports. There's a 50% greater risk of injury. It also leads to overuse. But now we're actually seeing that in addition to that, it is involved in the decrease of participation of our youth in sports. Another one is parents or adults impacting the joy of the game by the mentality of winning at all costs. And today, that's what we're going to emphasize a whole lot. The responsibility as adults, whether as parents, coaches, administrators, what we are doing as far as changing the culture or the philosophy where we've had in youth sports. It's gone from a huge swing from emphasizing enjoyment and fun to winning at all costs. Studies show the number of kids dropping from sports by the age of 13 is 70%. So let me rephrase that again. The number of kids dropping from sports by the age of 13 is 70% of those that I just stated to you that were in youth sports. Youth sports is meant to teach principles of sportsmanship, good behavior, values, consistency, and respect. But what the studies are stating and coming back and showing is the impact as adults we are influencing on our kids. We are misbehaving or irrationally behaving in such a way that we have, like I spoke of, gone to that winning at all costs. And I'll give you some examples. We have individuals as adults involved in either coaching, administration, or parents forging birth certificates. Urging the use of performance-enhancing drugs. We're purging players from other regions or teams. When we look at the spectators, so this goes back into parents not involved in the game, we were cheering the other team's mistakes, yelling profanities at opposing teams. Coaches are running up scores, subjecting kids to various emotional distresses. And the sad part is there's been cases and results of violence, including assaults and even death threats. So as adults, we have become misguided with our motives and ideals pertaining to youth sports. In 2011, Sports Illustrated surveyed 3,000 kids. 74% stated they had witnessed out-of-control adult behaviors with yelling at children, parents, officials, or coaches. The USA polled 500 parents from Indianapolis. 55% reported having witnessed parents in verbal disputes. 21 has seen physical altercations at a youth sporting event. USA poll in South Florida found 56% of adults seeing aggressive behaviors at youth sports. So again, you're looking at it, the irrational behaviors adults have had at sports events have tremendous emotional consequences to a child. It creates a chaotic environment for the sport or the sporting event, impacting and discouraging our kids' willingness to participate in organized sports. I received an email regards to this topic when I shared it on my Facebook, and I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. As a former competitive youth soccer coach, I have seen many instances of irrational or inappropriate behaviors. In the competitive level, you teach the kinds of skills that is necessary that's beyond just the basics of the game of soccer. You teach tactics and certain plays and etc. 
in, in particular one season, we played in five tournaments. We often saw and played the same team that we coached against. And you le- within that time, you learned to pick up on the opposing team's strengths and weaknesses. We were able to, to mentally and physically beat other teams by watching their tendencies. In one particular game, we were already winning by a pretty good margin. So we instructed our players to not to score anymore. We placed, we played again, excuse me, this team during a, a later in the tournament, and they had both teams sitting on the same sides. During that game, within earshot, I can hear one of the other coaches speaking to their players of suggesting them perhaps becoming physical with my team's players. This was occurring because as we were minimizing increasing the score, we were doing a lot of ball movement, installing and running out time, not to be unsportsmanlike, but in essence, at the same time, being delicate of not running to run up to score, like I said. But it was it was mind-blowing to hear and to find out that it was suggested to a player by an opposing team to take out another team's player, even if it meant getting a foul and possibly even getting a red card. Shaking my head response from this email. We, we look at those things. I can remember when I coached soccer myself, I can recall those moments of I actually had to report an official to the field marshal because of the fact that one of these officials was actually taunting one of my players, taunting him to the degree that he had my player in tears. And during that same game, unfortunately, my player started to become emotionally altering his play. But he was put to the sideline, taken out for a little bit to calm him down. He went back out there and started playing hard and started hustling. But unfortunately, bodies collided at one point in time during the game, and he went down. And as he was falling down to the ground, he was kicked in the head, and he actually received a concussion. At that moment, it was amazing because I witnessed and watched that official not render or allow myself or my assistant coach to run out to the field to check and see and give first aid as we are required to do as coaches. Again, another example, I had to go and report this adult who is volunteering to partake no differently as I or my assistant coach does in this youth sport, soccer. So we have to really step back and look at our impact of how irrational we may be at times when we're dealing with kids, whether as a parent, a coach, or an administrator. We're going to take a commercial break. We're going to come back on the other side of the segment. You are listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of return to peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune in to Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Right Choices with Dietrich Wright. We'd love for you to participate in today's program. Call in now to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dietrich at drightchoices.com. Now, back to the show. Again, greetings. Thank you for listening to Right Choices on the Voice American Health and Wellness channel. Uh, right before our segment break, we were discussing, I uh, was discussing, I should say, an example of how an official, and I witnessed this during a game that I was coaching in, impacted a young person's mindset in a game of soccer. And so what I want to continue on in this next segment is define the focus for youth sports. Again, I am a parent, and I had my kids play sports since a very young age. I'm a firm believer in that. I really am. But as also I stated, I wasn't just that parent who is making comments or making suggestions. I got actually involved and started coaching, and I've been coaching ever since. But for me, coaching is an outlet, is a release for me to be able to give back to these kids and give them an, a model of understanding there's something more than just the game itself. There's other principles involved that we have to get them to understand and see that applies to life in general. But as you're going to start to hear and see that as adults, we have lost sight of that. And youth sports focus has gone to a, a all more like win at all cost approach. And one of the things that was very interesting when I was doing the research is coming across this, we have the first youth sports national report card prepared by a group called Citizens Through Sports Alliance. And the reports came back, and they weren't very good for adults. We got low grades for our behaviors regarding to the win at all cost mentality. And we're going to break down that grade. The panel of experts broke down the grading with the following criteria. Parental behavior was a D minus. Child-centered philosophy was a D minus. Coaching was a C minus. Officiating was a B minus. And the health and safety of the child was a C plus. So the overall assessment from the report was a negative. And this again goes back to, this is an indication of what we are doing as adults. We have become to a point where we're micromanaging our kids and their sport careers. Now, there are some examples out there as a reason that these things do flourish to a point where a kid's talented enough on his or her own skills because of who they are and their abilities, where you have an individual like Ball, who was just recruited by a draft, I should say, by the Lakers, his dad coached all three of his sons but if you look at the demeanor and their behavior and you listen to this young man's father you get disturbed and push it kind of like throws you off of seeing how are you living so vicariously through your child your child's success was not based or predicated of what you gave to them it was their willingness goes back to their willingness their motivation their desire to be good at what they are doing. And so he, being the player that was drafted, got himself in that position. We have to stop emphasizing just the point of winning. I gave you an example right off the bat. Last night, unfortunately, my football team, we did not win. But So what we do as coaches immediately after the game, we bring them back into the room and we talk about the things that they did do good and then let them know that, this was only one game where there's nine more games to be played, which doesn't take us away from what our goals were in the very beginning, is giving ourselves the opportunity at the end 
to make it to playoffs. So I've always emphasized when coaching, I can teach and have my kids learn a lot more from the lessons of losing than I could from, in essence, winning. There's these principles that apply to your life. You're not going to always be successful at what it is you do. You may fail, but it's the value that we're trying to establish for these young people to realize you have to persevere. You have to keep pushing through even when you're not successful at that very first time. We have to stop setting poor examples of poor sportsmanships. I mean, the fact that there's an alarming increase of violence at youth sporting events through the actions by angry, irrational parents is in, it just is unimaginable. I received an, an email, and I'm going to go ahead and read this so you guys get another example. JP is, this is from JP. My son played on a very competitive AAU team. One game during his 14th year, another fan in the stands was yelling directly at the boys and bad-mouthing our team. It turned out that he was a young uncle of a player on the other team. He was very rude, getting louder and louder. A mom on our team, who was never afraid of any conflict, had enough. She screamed back at the, to the, the man, Shut the, you can imagine the rest of that, and up and sit down. He only yelled back at her, which in turn turned into a huge argument in the stands. The boys were all confused why they had to stop playing so the yelling fans could get kicked out. The argument and yelling continued outside, only escalating to threats, and finally a call to the police was made. Now, the son of the mother who got into the argument was so embarrassed and was worried about his mom. It was crazy for these strangers to go in at each other. Whether or not they thought they were protecting or supporting their teams, all that happened, all that happened was they made themselves look like fools, embarrassed the kids, and missed the game because they were kicked out. As adults, we are supposed to, again, model the behaviors of how we carry ourselves during conflicts or tough times. I spoke of things as far as we are trying to establish a principle of you want to give core principles to our kids that they have values in life. And so here we have a story being shared by JP stating that the kids had to stop the game. They were playing. So attention can be given to adults that are in the stands. This is something that I can sit and relate to because I have had conversations with letting parents know when I had the coach's parents meeting. There doesn't require anything but a ball and a net for a game to be played. It doesn't have to have any spectators whatsoever to be involved for the game to, to kick off on the start. So understand, just because you may have paid or enrolled your child in that sport to play in that game, it doesn't give you the, the benefit of thinking you can carry yourselves in such a manner that it can impact or disturb or disrupt, I should say, the game. The game will go on with or without you. So understand, as parents, you got to realize the game can go on whether or not you are there. Nearly any incidents of all inappropriate behaviors at sporting events are caused by individuals over the age of 18. And according to the director of Michigan State's Institute for the Study of Youth Sports, adults are now applying a professional mode of training our younger ages. Now, what we've been talking about, we're having this win at all costs principle. I've had a conversation with a friend of mine that they were stating how they are administrator of one of these Little League baseball leagues and or uh, a, a combination of Little League and also up to high school, I should say. Now, when kids get to high school, many of you may not know this, but there's certain rules that 
when they are involved in interscholastic sports at their high school, they are required or informed that they cannot participate in other teams while they're in their sport. I have had players on my own soccer team that was in a situation that they was enrolled on my team, but they couldn't start practicing or playing in games until their season had finished. Now, this friend of mine I was talking to, they were saying an example how for baseball, what they encouraged for their league was they would have individuals that were in that situation ump the games. So basically officiate and help the game continue. So they're being involved in the game, but they're just not playing in the game. But for some particular reason, this coach decided it was a good idea for that game to play that young man. Now, again, that young man realized that the rules state that I am not supposed to play in other teams while I'm playing for my school squad. So he does. By doing so, that coach jeopardized not only his team, but he also jeopardized that young man's team, and it was reported his team would have been completely disqualified. That kid could have had the opportunity of having his potential of gaining an A scholarship, which he was in his junior year, removed from him. All for what? Because of one game, we're going to throw a future away, potentially for one individual. It makes no sense. We have to do more. We have to be more for our youth in relation to understanding what's the meaning of sports. What's the motivation behind it? Is the motivation because we are, again, vicariously trying to live our good old years that we once played? Or is it because our kids truly want to be involved in that game or that sport? We're going to take another break. We're going to come back. You listen to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Right Choices with Dietrich Wright. We'd love for you to participate in today's program. Call in now to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dietrich at drightchoices.com. Now, back to the show. And thank you for listening to Right Choices. Uh, as we were discussing and talking about before a commercial break there, um, we were looking at 
the impact of professional mode of training our younger kids in sports. There was an investigation series in the Mercury News back in April showing a growing emphasis on earning scholarships. Now, the point in regards to earning scholarships that only one in 100 high school seniors will receive scholarships. You know, when, again, when I have those athletes that are on my team and I'm coaching them and they're seniors, I emphasize and let them know it's important to realize you got to have something more than just this sport itself. You know, the emphasis of understanding the importance that academics ties in there just to get them to realize you got to be more than just a football player because the odds or the numbers I get to share with you, one in 100 seniors receive athletic scholarships. But that doesn't mean that, it, I, as I tell them to you, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to continue your post-high school football career. You may just have to take a different avenue, whether that means you go to a junior college and do some schooling there and then transfer if you're good enough and you receive a transferable scholarship to play at a four-year school. So this emphasis of earning scholarships creates a heightened pressure for our kids. So a question is to be asked, did I want to curiously know, are there parents out there that are still wishing to, for their kids just to enjoy a healthy experience and just have fun playing a game? We're discussing talking about how youth sports have shifted away from emphasizing fun, enjoyable competition amongst players of the same age on a field or court. There's been such an increased growing number of such things called traveling teams. And traveling teams are being played in a multitude of different sports. You hear traveling teams in volleyball, lacrosse, basketball, soccer, baseball, softball. If I miss another sport, I'm perhaps, forgive me, I can throw out hockey as well. Now, the things about these traveling sports is it kind of ties it back in, like I said previously in another episode. If they're doing traveling sports, that means they're doing a a, a fall or a spring or vice versa. And then their travel team is usually between those two seasons. And so therefore, if the kid is continuously playing the same game over and over and over again, it goes back to, like I said, there's a high increase of nearly 50% chance that they will get risk of injury. But then I just share with you, there's also a huge risk of them gaining a burnout of playing the game. The flip side of it was amazing about the whole thing we hear and follow up about, you know, travel teams or club sports is parents shell out thousands and thousands of dollars to compete year round for their child so they can receive, quote unquote, the best training. And a lot of times you look at that, it's like, how do or how would families afford not just for one child, but if they have multiple children around the same age, how in the world can you afford to pay $3,000 per child to play in that competitive team or club sport? But again, it goes back to administrators and coaches. If they see the talent in that child, I assure you, there will be scholarships or means of which that enrollment or registration fees would be subsided or even all the way removed. There are important things that we want to look at of understanding how can we shift and get back to our kids having fun again I just received an email so I'm going to go ahead and read that for it to you right now this is from Marcy. well we had an event when a parent had a problem with everything he had a problem with his son not playing as much as he thought his son should play and then when he played he was guiding the son on what to do he was overriding the coach the coach asked them to stop as we were in the game, and the dad got upset. The umpire asked the man to stop as he was right behind the backstop, telling his son what to do. He then proceeded to come into the field and got into the coach's face to where a huge altercation start. The umpire ejected the two from the game and from the field, and... This individual looks like they're an administrator. So as an executive board member, we suspended the coach for two games, 
but what people have to understand that this is all volunteer. And these are coaches that have also lives that are willing to dedicate their free time to coaching your kids. Parents sometimes get into their feelings, but have to understand that when the children are playing, they are the kids. If the coach, excuse me, they, playing, they are the kids if the coach not of his own at that time. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Marcy. Um, I can completely understand and relate to that. It's very difficult as coaches where we spend a great deal amount of time with your kids, training them, and working and working and working with them hours and hours and hours in a day. And to go to the point of where here it is, our assessment, we get to go play in that game. And we have adults, parents in the crowds, barking instructions or telling their child to do something or another player to do something, which is actually inaccurate. I would inform my parents again at the coach's parents meeting that if you are not there for practices when I usually do it on Tuesday and Thursdays at the time, if you're not there on Tuesday and Thursday at the practice, actually seeing and hearing what it is we're working on or the coaching points or our goals for that game, what you could actually be telling your son to do is incorrect because we didn't work on that all week long. So again, I suggest that if you're not there Tuesdays and Thursdays at practice for that hour and a half, the only thing I need from you to do is, as you're on that sideline, is clap those hands and say, go, Johnny, go. Because there's only going to be one voice, and that one voice is mine. Because I am dedicating my free time, like Marcy shared, I am dedicating my free time as a volunteer to share and give an experience for your child that they can hopefully evolve that into staying physically active as they get older and older and staying involved in that game or even better, hopefully I model such a behavior that they do realize that, hey, Coach Dietrich is so fantastic that I too want to be able to give back to the community and share that by coaching my kids when I have an opportunity or better yet, not even when I have kids, I want to start coaching and assisting those things now. It's one of the greatest thrills I have as a parent is my son is coaching with me. The very team that he played on, he now coaches with me. And to hear my son sit and say, hey, you know what? I want to kind of do the same thing as a career that you do. That lets me know as a parent that I did my job of modeling and showing a positive behavior, which now my son sees and he's willing to partake in and be about himself. So again, as parents, we have to make sure that we understand it is hard for volunteers as coaches or administrators or officials to do and be out there to allow your kids to have a fun, enjoyable experience. It's been amazing hearing and seeing as coaches again, when I coach soccer, where we have asked our youth to officiate. And some of our older um, divisions in soccer would you know, help the younger divisions by officiating the games. But parents would be yelling at other kids they're now officiating as if they lose sight of the fact that's also a kid. Here you are irrationally carrying yourself on in such a way, but you're talking to a kid. That's not an adult. Where's the respect? Where's the values or principle of understanding sportsmanship? It's not about the wins and losses. It has to be about the fact that it is your child improving playing that game. And in fact, we're going to start talking about asking these questions. Is the child enjoying the sport or do they feel forced to play? So it is important to understand that we have to emphasize the child has to have a level of personal investment in the control and choice of playing the sport. The child should own the sports experience as their own and not us parents reliving our glory years. Is the child's involvement in the sport more important to the adult or to the child? 
you know, as kids are in this age group from 6 to 17, these kids are in the process of developing the following. Self-esteem. Human values. Ethics. And fair play. Now, this has been contradicted by how us as adults have been reported upon by the citizens through Sports Alliance report card. We had got a low grade on self-esteem, our values, ethics, and we're definitely not encouraging fair play. So as adults, we have to be careful not to place them or place demands on win at all costs. The emphasis needs to be driven from the experience because there's a, a great experience to be made or had from a loss as great as it is from a win. I just shared with you and talked about it from last night. And in 30 minutes after the show, my coaches and I will be doing that very thing. Hey, all right, we got to put our next foot forward. We got to get ready for the next opponent. What do we need to do as the adults, the coaches here, to prepare our players for the next game? Because all we do as coaches is prepare them. When they step on the to the field, the game is in their control. At that moment, as adults, as the coaches, our job is at that point to ensure that the environment is such that they are having an enjoyable experience. We're going to take another commercial break. We're going to come back. You listen to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Right Choices with Dietrich Wright. We'd love for you to participate in today's program. Call in now to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dietrich at drightchoices.com. Now, back to the show. Again, thank you for listening to Right Choices. Uh, we're going to continue carrying on the conversation we were having before our last segment. Um, the next question I want us to kind of think about is, is the sport environment providing a healthy friendship for the child or does the child feel isolated from the team? I mean, it's not necessary that the child has to have his or her best friend on the squad, but uh, it's important that they feel that they have a sense of contributing 
to the camaraderie of the team's culture. You know, um, it's really hard and difficult when you start coaching recreationally and when you are coaching interscholastically because you're dealing with the fact of the individuals at that level, their skills are not all equal. There's no such thing as trying to balance equal squats like you may have in a league like AYSO, fair competitive balance squats. This doesn't happen in high school football as an example. You go up against your rival school. They are going against you. They have ninth to 12th graders just like you do. As individuals play the game, they all have different growth spurts. They all have different experiences of how much they play the game or have not. They all have their different abilities. So it, it's very difficult to sort of say there's this fair ban- balance evolved when you get to that level. But it is important that as coaches, when we see that the skill level of one child is not as great as the other, that we have them still contribute to the cause and importance of the team. You know, just because you may not be starting doesn't mean that you don't have a contributing factor in the game. I tell my players all the time, when your number is called, it doesn't matter how if you start it, is your job is when I put you out there to make my job much more difficult to take you back off the field. So when your number is called, make the most of that opportunity. But in practices, every individual on that team is contributing to our opportunity to be able to, on that Friday night, to hopefully have a successful outcome. So practice is important. And during practice, this is where you develop that camaraderie because without that, when you have a, a loss, there can become divisions within the locker room. Fingers started being pointed from one side of the ball to the other. And that's not team. That's not about team. So each kid should be always involved and feeling that they are contributing. Whether or not they have a best friend on the team or not is not important. Just ensuring as coaches, as adults, if you can get involved with coaching, that you ensure that each kid feels that they are part of the team by doing something that's contributing to the overall morale of the team. Is the current sports experience one in which bullying or unconstructive criticism given by coaches or other adults of or other team members? We've been discussing a lot about this today. There is nothing wrong with criticism if it's constructive and measurable. So every time I explain to a player, I needed you to step with your left foot so that you can get a better angle is a constructive criticism. Not just, you took the wrong foot. I didn't give them any kind of measurement to understand, oh, I was supposed to do my left foot. Okay, that makes sense. Not the right foot. But these constructive criticisms is also important because it's necessary so they can shape and hone those specific skills. And in addition to that, you know, as I was saying, that these are things that in your workforce, in your workplace, in in our culture, our society, we are going to receive criticism. It is natural. It's going to happen. So teaching and building our youth of understanding that criticism is not a negative as long as it's constructive in the nature and not destructive of tearing something or bringing someone down. Because this will build the positive behaviors. So another question is, do parents, coaches, or other adults exhibit negative behaviors to the child's experience? We have talked a lot about this in depth today. And one of the things you want to do is, when you are concerned about your child's welfare, know, excuse me, know whom to speak to directly so you can establish a healthy communication channel. By doing this, This is a model of conflict resolution skills that we are showing or exampling to our youth. One of the things I can fully suggest to you as parents, and this is my own experience, and maybe this is not for everyone, but 
I, again, like I stated to you, I was that adult. I was that parent sitting in the stands. I was approached to assist my daughter's soccer team. I was approached to assist in my son's Little League baseball team, which I never played organized team, competitive organized team baseball before, and I started doing. And even in high school and football, I was approached by the coaching staff to help coach. So my suggestion to you is this. If you feel the desire, I have such a certain urge to bark out coaching instructions from the spectating stance, why don't you step up and you take on the role of volunteering your time, your energy, and step out there in the field next to those other women and men who are spending those countless endless amount of time coaching and teaching your kids not only the skills of that sport, but the very life lessons that I just shared with you. Self-esteem, values, sportsmanships. Because by you sitting up there, it's easy from that view. It's easy to bark out instructions telling little Johnny what he is or should not do. But you don't know the full picture. You may not understand all that is going on. So the best way to get a good understanding is if you can't coach, then I suggest just sit back and observe and watch them practice. Notice the key word I said, sit back and observe watching them practice. Again, you got to understand as adults, as parents, and as parents, if you encourage your family members to show up to the game, you as the parent of that child should be controlling those other adults that you invite to those games as well. The games go on without us there, even coaches. The players are there to play the game. We are there as coaches to prepare them for the game. And you as the spectators, the adults in the stands cheering them on, need to do just that, cheer them on. Allow it to be that enjoyable experience. Don't take away from them for any, like the example we heard where they had to literally stop the game just to watch two adults being escorted out of the arena. We have to be better than that. We have to be more than that. Like I said, we are setting the examples for these kids, and we got to be mindful of that. I want to thank you for listening to the show. Please follow me at Right Choices at D Right Appeal on Facebook. You can email me at Dietrich at DRightChoices.com. Again, it's been a pleasure. I want to thank my engineer, A-Rod, my executive producer, D. Daniels. I wish you guys a happy and wonderful weekend. You have been listening to Right Choices on the Health and Wellness channel. Thank you for tuning in to Right Choices. Be sure to join Dietrich Wright again next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you here next week.